0: At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel to the border of the two Koreas and discover the famine-induced cuisine of North Korea and the need to preserve your family's culinary heritage. 27th April 2018, the supreme leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, stepped over the Demilitarized Zone or DMZ Boundary Line and entered South Korea. It was the first time since the 1950 Korean War that a North Korean leader had entered South Korean territory. The South Korean President Moon then accepted an invitation from Kim to briefly step over to the north side of the line. A seemingly impromptu moment before the two walked together to the peace house. Many elements of the meeting were expressly designed for symbolism. Including an oval meeting table measuring 2,018 millimetres to represent the year. The North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un even brought a chef from Pyongyang's famous restaurant to prepare a dish for the South Korean president. Naengmyeon, or Cold Buckwheat Noodles They are handmade buckwheat noodles served cold in a flavoured broth of beef, pork and chicken and topped with kimchi, cucumber and pickles or meat. Those who tasted it have described it as the noodles being springy and the rich and nutty flavour of buckwheat pairing perfectly with its light yet umami-heavy meat broth. Ironically, the cold noodles became a symbol of the warming relationship between the two countries. They also became the symbol of North Korean cuisine and had a ripple effect. Long queues formed in the South outside cold noodle shops. And on social media, the term was trending even higher than the North Korea-South Korea summit. To most North Koreans living in the country, there was no social media to chatter on or buckwheat noodles to wolf down. If there is one country in the world where the relationship of its citizens with its food is stressful, it's North Korea. In early 1993, North Korea threatened to pull out of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, and the then US President Bill Clinton threatened sanctions. The North Korean propaganda machine launched a new campaign playing up Korean pride by recalling a largely apocryphal fable from 1938 and 39. Kim Il-sung commanded a small band of anti-Japanese guerrillas fighting against thousands of enemies at 20 degrees below zero braving through heavy snowfall and starvation. The arduous march, as they called it, would later become a metaphor for the famine. The North Koreans were asked to invoke the memories of Kim Il-sung's sacrifice to strengthen themselves against hunger. Enduring hunger became a part of one's patriotic duty. Billboards went up in Pyongyang, touting the new slogan, Let's eat two meals a day. North Korean television ran a documentary about a man whose stomach burst from eating too much rice. Agricultural officials said the food shortage was temporary and a bumper crop of rice was expected in the next harvest. When foreign media reported on food shortages, the North Korean news service issued this statement. The state supplies the people with food at a cheap price so that people don't know how much rice costs. This is the reality of the northern half of Korea. All people live a happy life without any worries about food in our land. The reality on the ground was a world away. The early 90s were one of the most trying times for the North Koreans. Government supplied ration began to dwindle. Rice disappeared fast and cooking oil had always been scarce. The state supplied cabbage was no longer delivered because there was no fuel for the trucks. Rice, especially white rice, had always been the favoured food of Koreans, But North Korea is too cold and too mountainous to produce enough of it to sustain the population. Kim Ji-win, a medical graduate who was doing her residency, remembers the day of 9 September 1993 very well. She lived in the city of Shaongjin, on the coast of the Sea of Japan. People of the city, devastated by the lack of any food available to them, started going to the orchards of Kyongsong County about three miles from the centre of the city. They were collective orchards owned by the government, which raised distinctive Korean pears that were exported to Japan to access hard currency. Hungry people would pick up ripe fallen fruit and take it back home. On the weekend of 9 September 1993, she went to the orchard with her parents, sister, brother-in-law and their two children. However, they reached late and by then the orchard had been cleaned out by others before them. They found one slightly rotten pear on the ground. They took it home and boiled it, then cut it into five parts for the children, the elderly parents and a brother-in-law. Zhijun and her sister did not get in. It. it was the first time in her life that she would go an entire day without food. When the public distribution system was cut off, people tapped their deepest wells of creativity to feed themselves. They devised traps out of buckets and strings to catch small animals in fields and draped nets over their balconies to catch sparrows. They educated themselves in the nutritive properties of plants. Women exchange recipe tips. While making cornmeal, don't throw out the husk, cob, leaves, and the stem of the corn. Throw everything into the grinder. Even if it isn't nutritious, it is filling. Boil noodles for at least an hour to make them appear bigger. Add a few leaves of grass to soup to make it look as if it contained vegetables. Women would strip the sweet inner bark of pine trees to grind it into a fine powder that they could use in place of flour. The famine in the 90s killed up to 2 million people or 10% of the population. A study by South Korean anthropologists of North Korean children who were defected to China found that 18-year-old males were 5 inches shorter than South Koreans their age. Roughly 45% of North Korean children under the age of 5 are started by malnutrition. For a country synonymous with famine, North Korea has a surprisingly sophisticated cuisine. It combines sour, sweet, spicy and pungent ingredients which combine to produce a tangy effect. This distinctive taste is encapsulated in naengmyeon Myeon or cold buckwheat noodles which Kim Jong-un offered to his southern counterpart. A long history of famines has made North Koreans expert in finding wild foods, pine mushrooms, seaweed, tiny clams and turning them into delicious dishes school children are sent out to collect acorns from which nuts are extracted and pumped into a pulp to make a jelly known as dotorimuk. Many North Korean defectors describe the degrading experience of looking for spilled grains of rice or corn on the ground. And not uncommon for the really hungry was to extract undigested kernels of corn from animal excrement. So, what do they eat in North Korea? When you think of cultures and their cuisines, We essentially have a picture of plenty with the richest foods and the most discerning ingredients. We rarely ever think of countries which have gone through successive food shortages. And what happens to the cuisines of these nations? As food shortages are passed on from one generation to the other, we start losing recipes of traditional dishes. Those made by our grandmothers and their ancestors. Recipes do not exist in cookbooks for they need to be cooked in homes for them to truly survive. If one generation does not end up cooking it, the next one is unlikely to do so. The end result is an incalculable loss of food heritage. So this week, sit down with someone in your family, your mother, an uncle, a sibling or a grandparent and ask them about dishes they do not cook anymore. Write down the recipe and make it with them. Do not let the famine of indifference wipe out your family's culinary heritage. If you like this podcast...